First Corinthians chapter nine, if you have your Bibles. First First Corinthians chapter nine. Thank you, platform workers. It's uh, exciting for what God's going to be doing, and so thank God. Good time for us to go to Nepal and encourage the church as their pastor is not able to be there right now, probably by, like I said, hopefully that'll all blow over by the end, by the time I land in Nepal. In 2009, the H1N1, or affectionately called the bird flu virus, came to the Toronto area. It, it was, it's originated in Hong Kong and uh, it uh, came over on, a, on an airplane and, and uh, began to spread around in uh, Canada. So they began to give vaccines out for this and, you know, and such. There was one woman who received the vaccine and she said she couldn't walk forward any longer. It hurt after the vaccine. So she began to walk everywhere backwards. Turned out this woman, 25-year-old, she, she, was, she made it all up. It was a hoax. But what was interesting about this that caught the attention of many people is that it is very unnatural to go backwards very unnatural to walk backwards all the time. This is true in human bodies. It's true in automobiles. There's a reason why when you drive in reverse, you make it as short as possible and you don't go at high speeds. Because cars are not designed to go backwards, they're designed to go forwards. There may be times where backing up is a little bit essential, but not for a long time and not at a high speed. In the text we're going to read, Paul is writing about the Olympics. And in this, he likens two different Olympic events. He likens... Christianity to a race, and he likens it to a fight, boxing, wrestling. I want to focus in more on the race part of this, because God wants us to press forward for the prize. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 24, do you not realize that in a race everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that fades away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after I preach, uh, after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I want to ask you first, if you're going backwards, turn around. 
There's one thing about going the wrong way, just going backwards, going in, in, a, in a wrong direction. How many have ever taken a shortcut that ended up being longer? I did that actually today. I took a shortcut to get around some traffic that ended up taking longer than probably if I had gone down the traffic. There's something about going in the right direction. It's like the man who got a call from his wife as he's driving down the highway coming home and she says, George, I, I heard on the news that there's a car going the wrong way down 280. And he replied, he said, I'm on 280 right now. And let me tell you, it's not one, it's hundreds of them that are going the wrong way. Happy birthday, Randy. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39, my righteous ones will live by faith, but I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But they are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are faithful ones whose souls will be saved. He uses the illustration or the understanding of turning, changing direction. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 62, uh, Anyone who puts his hand to the plow then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. There's a reality that It's hard to walk in a straight direction and pay attention when you are not looking where you're going. We have a lot of young children around here that are starting to walk and it doesn't take them too long before they start looking at something else when they're going in one direction. And they walk into people and they walk into walls and all sorts of different things like that. True story at church in Chicopee when I took it over. There was a young man in there. His name was Paul and he had a massive black eye. And so I said, Paul, what? how did this happen? He said, well, I was riding my bike and I hit a sign. Turned out there happened to be a pretty girl walking by and he was looking and went, Boom! That's why it's not good to lust after a woman in your heart. But let's, direction will determine where you end up. Heaven or hell, blessing or curse, sin or destiny will all be determined by your direction in life. And if you begin to fade, if you begin to drift, I've mentioned it before, but when I taught sailing, I would always tell them we were on a lake and we weren't using fancy compasses and things like that. I would just tell them to pick a tree, pick a object across the lake that you're going to sail towards. That will tell you if you're staying on course or not. Hebrews 12.2 tells us to keep our eyes upon Jesus. So the question then is very simple. Is your direction bringing you closer to Jesus? That's just a very simple question you can ask yourself. 
if you're going in the right direction because backwards wastes time. When you take a shortcut or you get lost and you have to make that dreadful decision of turning around. And we resist it. Sometimes we'll drive 10, 15 minutes in the wrong direction because we're resisting turning around because we're going in the wrong direction. We resist it. We fight it. The picture Paul is drawing in our text is the Olympics. He's talking about a runner, a wrestler, the athlete who has to stay on course, stay in the right lanes. Because going backwards wastes time. When G- In Luke chapter 2, when G- Mary and Joseph left Jesus in Jerusalem, he's 12 years old, Mary thought he was with Joseph. Joseph thought he was with Mary. The, in this day, men would travel separate from women. And so it wouldn't have been uncommon for a 12-year-old boy to have kind of his choice. Was he going to travel with his mom or travel with his dad? You know, at that point, it could have gone either way. It's not like he was, you know, six. If he was six, he would have probably been with mom. That would have been obvious. If he was 18, he would have been with dad. That would have been obvious. But he's in that in-between age where it's not so obvious. But it took them three days. Three days were lost because they went backwards. Abraham in Genesis chapter 13, there's a famine in the land. So he goes down to Egypt. In that process, he almost loses his wife. He almost loses his, his destiny. After five years, he has to go back. Five years were lost. Backwards displeases God. Psalm 78, 56 through 58. But they kept testing and rebelling against God most high. They did not obey his laws. They turned back and they were faithless as their parents. They were undependable as a crooked bow. They angered God by building shrines to other gods. They made him jealous with their idols. Here it talks about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. He said, but they weren't getting it. They were crooked as a, as a bow. Uh, or they, was, uh, they were undependable as a crooked bow. And God doesn't like that. When he sets us on a direction, he expects us to stay on that direction. I was with a man one time who was driving. We were on our way to a men's rally. And I had given him very specific directions. When you see the Ikea, you're going to turn at the next exit. And we're going to go here and da-da-da. And so I had told him this. But he went the wrong way, kept stopping for directions. I'm like, we haven't seen the Ikea yet. What are you doing? And so finally I got a bit upset because it's like two in the morning and we should have been there like hours ago but that had to do with a closed border and different things but I finally took out and I'm like there's the Ikea this is what I said now 
Can you imagine God? He's trying to give you clear direction. Go this way. And you're going, no, I want to go this way. No, I want to go this way. No, I want. And he's like, not amused. Let's talk about going forward. The description of the Commonwealth arms for the nation of Australia is a shield with two animals that are native to Australia, both the kangaroo and the emu. Now, they don't seem like as majestic as the bald eagle, do they? They're not. I think we got the coolest. But the one thing that the reason they were chosen, it was to symbolize a nation going forward. Both the emu and the kangaroo do not move backwards easily. They will do anything before they have to back up. Forward is the way that pleases God. That's what Paul is talking about in our text. Forward pleases God. It's very interesting in Ephesians chapter 6, it describes the spiritual armor that we wear. It describes the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet uh, of salvation, the sword of the spirit, uh, having our loins gird, the belt of truth. uh, And what's interesting is they are all frontal protection. It doesn't talk about anything about about in the back. The word coward is actually a French word. It literally comes from the word cowtail, to turn and go the wrong way. God wants us to move forward. Our text says, don't you realize that everyone runs the race, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. Forward may not always be the easiest you might feel like a salmon swimming upstream. I, I've never seen salmon do it. I, I did grow up on Cape Cod where heron, herring run. They do the same thing. They come in from the ocean into fresh water. And they uh, um, will breed in ponds and then they go out and they uh, do this. And I remember the one in Marston's Mills where I grew up actually had a pretty high waterfall. And eventually they built a little uh, runway for the fish to go up in stages that was much easier than this kind of three-foot waterfall that this fish. But I would see those fish trying to swim up that waterfall. Some of them would make it, but most of them wouldn't. And if you wanted to catch herring, that was the place to do it. Because all you had to do was just stick your net out there when it's halfway up. And it's eventually going to drop back down forward though they would strive they would struggle and finally they would do it because this meant uh, their future and sometimes you feel like that life I'm going forward but it's like everything is resisting how I'm moving forward Luke 13 24 strive 
to enter in the narrow door into the king, uh, God's kingdom. For many will try to enter and fail. The word to strive literally means to struggle. It's the thought in our text of competing for a prize. It has to do with figuratively to contend with an adversary or in general to accomplish and uh, something. It's words that would be Synonyms would be fight, labor, fervently, or work hard. See, we sometimes struggle. Sometimes you feel like, I'm going upstream. I'm fighting it through. There's a waterfall. I've got to get up it. And, And it seems like everything may be against us. But forward is the way to go. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. This also means that if we're going to move forward, we've got to have focus. Some people are very distracted. It's just in their nature. Things that grab their attention instead of doing what they should be doing. Imagine if I preached a whole sermon like that. And that oh, anyway, never mind. So that'd be aggravating. I'd leave. <laughs> Focus. First Corinthians nine twenty five and twenty six. All athletes are disciplined in their training, and they do it to win a prize that fades away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Setting aside the distractions. I'm not saying that you can't have fun from time to time and there's times where you just need to, you know, you got your little hobby that's not a sin and all that. I get it that, you know, you got to to decompress for a few minutes. I get get that. I totally get that. But one I'm talking about is that people who get taken out of the will of God for distractions. Because this didn't go the way they wanted it to go. Or this happened and I I wasn't prepared for it. I don't know if you heard of a man named Aaron Rodgers. He's a famous American football quarterback. Who had played for Green Bay Packers and recently had signed a huge contract with the New York Jets. Played four plays, went down with an Achilles injuries out for the season. Some have said this is possibly career ending. But he says, I want all the doubters to send me all all their doubt. Because that's just going to fuel me more. Get me more focused. Get me more ready to come back and prove to myself and to them, I can still do this. 
He's 39 years old. It's a very difficult injury to recover from. Apparently, they tried some new procedure. We'll see. But the reality is he's saying, help me focus. I'm not going to let these distractions stop me. Now, he does that for football and millions of dollars. We, are, have, we have an eternal prize, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. And some people, they let simple, stupid things take them out of the will of God. They stop going forward, start going backwards, and it's, 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 a, it's a tragedy. Our text warns us in verse 27 about being disqualified. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete and train it to do. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Because of COVID, they had to move the Olympics from 2020 to 2021. They did them in Japan. There were 20 athletes disqualified in that Olympic game. Hardest hit nation was Nigeria. This could have been enhancement performing drugs. This could have been some other requirement that they did not meet. A DQF disqualified following a name means that they are no longer eligible for the prizes. And the sad thing is and let, you know, and I understand years ago the scandal, especially with the young girls with East Germany. Those girls didn't have much choice, but most athletes do it to themselves. They're looking for some kind of lift, and it ends up coming back and causing them great problems. Imagine training your entire life for that event. You make it to the world stage, the pinnacle, and now you're disqualified. That's what Paul is saying. We can get, you know what, there's no guarantee. Well, I've been saved for 37. Well, good, great, praise the Lord. But that doesn't mean you can't be disqualified. It's usually not the rookies. We all know stories and stories. Probably the most famous is Lance Armstrong. Six Tour de France wins. Now his name is synonymous as a cheater. Let's talk about seeing the prize. Woven all through this text is the thought of the prize. Don't you realize that everyone who runs the race, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. We have to see that whatever we go through in this life, whatever we go through, there's a prize waiting for us at the end. There's a prize that is for us to have. Paul kept his eye on the prize. 2 Timothy 4, eight, uh, 6 through 8 says, For my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. 
The time of my death is near. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. Now a prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me. On the day of his return, the prize is not just for me, but it's for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. The prize. Jesus endured the cross, despised the shame, sat down at the right for the joy that was set before him. The prize. Athletes will go for the prize, the ultimate prize, whatever it is in their field in there, you know, if it's a gold medal. The United States basketball team, we had the dream team, you know, and then we had a reincarnation of that. But what tends to happen is that Americans take for granted that we should win in basketball. And so as a result, we go through periods where none of the good players join. And now they're trying to bring back a dream team kind of thing for, for the third time. But can you imagine these athletes, whatever it is, if it's to win the World Cup or if it's to win the Super Bowl or the World Series or the Stanley Cup. You know, I have yet to see a player who's won that kind of level and they're depressed. Man, we just won the Stanley Cup. I've given my entire life since I was five years old of getting up early in the morning to learn how to skate. Bummer, huh? It's not the way it works. The prize. I have dreamed about this moment for all my life. This is what I've given all the hard works paid off, da-da-da. Well, there's hundreds of other professional hockey players that will never get to say that that year. Jesus talked about rewards. He says if you give a prophet a glass of cold water in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. If you have a, help a righteous man in a righteous man's name, you get a righteous man's reward. Jesus said in Revelation 22, 12, look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. That God says, I'm going to, I've marked it down. And there's times where you do feel like you're swimming upstream and you're moving and you're thinking, what's the point? What's the per?" And God's saying, I'm seeing that and I'm going to reward you for that. And there's others who have turned, gone back the way, and they'll get their reward too. The term eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. If you lose sight of the prize, then what we do does seem like it's pretty frustrating, pretty pointless. Because if this life is all there is, Paul said, then we are of all people most miserable most foolish, most pitiful. Hebrews 11.26, speaking of Moses, it said he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than the, to own all the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking 
ahead to his great reward. Genesis 15.1, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram. I will protect you and uh, your reward will be great. You know, the rich young ruler heard about the reward. Follow me, sell all that you have. You'll have great treasure in heaven. He never heard the destiny. He never heard the treasure in heaven. What he heard was, I might miss out on something now. And so he went his own way. Peter then responds. He says, Lord, we've given up everything. What do we get? Jesus said, Surely when the world is made new and the Son of Man comes and sits upon his glorious throne, those who have been my followers will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel and everyone who has given up houses and brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But now the greatest of these will be the least important then. And those who seem the least important now will be the greatest then. Says, we haven't got this all figured out. God knows exactly what he's doing. So the question that Paul is putting out before us is, what reward are you running towards? Are you obeying and playing by the rules? Are you doing what God wants you to do are you being effective are you being righteous or are you wasting your time and going backwards because your reward will come God's faithful to reward I've seen this personally I've seen this in other people's lives God blesses people who have been faithful giving their time God opens windows of heaven and blesses them I've seen it I've experienced it the struggle when we couldn't when you felt like you couldn't afford to tithe and you did it anyway and God says I've seen that I'm going to reward you Malena Salazar was a waitress in a restaurant, Louis Luby's Cafe. Back at the back in the knots. And one of the worst customers they had was Walter Buck Swords. He was a cursing man, demanding man, come into the restaurant, stomp his feet demand but he liked Malena and he would ask for Malena as many times as he could get her to be his waitress demanding driving other waitresses sometimes even to tears he was known as the most stubborn customer But when Swords died in 2007 at at age 89, just a couple of days before Christmas, he left Salazar 
$50,000 in a seven-year-old Buick. She said, I still can't believe it. After all, he was kind of mean. If a mean man would do that, how much more would a righteous God reward those who have stayed on course, not been disqualified, run the race in obedience, that God would bless you? Because that's what God does. Pressing forward is not pointless. It's very much filled with the reward that God will give to His people who have been faithful and done what is right. That's the blessing He will put upon His people. And He'll help us when we do that. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you're here and maybe as I'm talking about going forward, maybe you have been going forward, but in the wrong direction. Or as I spoke about, you're going backwards. You're not drawing closer to Christ. You're just moving away. Moving on your own. The term sin means to miss the mark. It literally means that we didn't even get close to where we were supposed to be. We do that by our own selfishness, by our own decisions, big, bad decisions. We make these and move forward. You go in the wrong direction. But the mercy of God, repentance, literally means to change your mind. It is the thought of turning around. The Jews would call it after madness. God wants to help you. He's reaching out to you tonight. Maybe you're here and you're not saved or you're backslidden. You've gone in the wrong direction. You need to come back. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand very quickly. Pray for me. I need Jesus. I need to get my heart right. Changing the call then to Christians. Paul writes in a text. He's comparing it to an athlete. He says, you've got to go as hard as you can in the right direction and there's always elements that are pulling you away sometimes it is easier to go backwards sometimes it is easier to feel like I can cheat the rules I don't have to do everything that God told me to do but the question is do you see the reward because laden through this text is the reward God's going to reward us. Not a perishable, an imperishable, an eternal reward. That's the faithfulness that God does. Yes, we have to do it God's way, the right way. But if you'll do it God's way, God will bless your life. Let's all stand. These altars are open. Allow you to talk to God. Maybe you've been considering going the wrong way.
Let's give him praise. Let's worship him. Father, we love you.